Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined by Greg Browning for a special lockdown edition of the podcast. How's things, Greg? Yes, I'm good, thank you. I'm very well. Good. It's been a while, um, but we thought, I think for our own sanity as much as anything else, we'd be able to record a podcast this week to have a wee look at some of the football Sorry, the only football that's on this weekend, I think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're obviously talking about the Belarusian league, which I'm not sure whether I'm happy about it. To be honest, that they're actually just cracking on as if nothing's happening uh, around them in the world, and the Belarusian league is now four games in the season, and we just kind of thought it might be time to have a wee, a wee look at the games, a wee look at the league so far, and you've been getting right into the stats and the detail about what's happened so far? I think, obviously, a lot of punters are now looking at the Belarusian League as their saviour. And looking at the league at the moment, obviously four weeks in, you've got a little bit of data to work with. Yeah. Obviously, the first couple of weeks, you've not got a clue. You've really not got any clue whatsoever. And I'm essentially no expert in Belarusian football. But after four weeks, what you do get is some decent data allow you to do some good data analysis on and that, yeah. that's what I've done well I mean I think that's a good starting point because I've seen people kind of huffing and puffing and criticising um, tipsters maybe people like yourself who are putting tips up on the Belarusian League um, you know almost kind of criticising the fact that how can you be an expert in the Belarusian League and I don't think anybody is claiming to be an expert <laughs> no. in these leagues it's fair to say we're no experts in a lot of the leagues that we bet on, but we're able to kind of take the data, take the numbers and make some sense of them and try and give yourself a wee bit of an edge in some of these leagues. And it just so happens that the Belarusian one, you know, we're starting to get to a point where we've got some data that we can uh, reflect back on. And, you know, it's no different to what we would do at the weekend and have a look at maybe the the conference leagues in England, uh, you know, North and South, national leagues and stuff like that. You know, we're never going to see any of these teams kick a ball, probably. No. But we're still making a kind of value judgment based on the stats and the, the information that we can pick up. I like to compare it to the Belgium Reserve League. <laughs> now, one of your those that follow my tips and follow the site will know that the Belgium Reserve League is one of my favourite leagues of all time and has been for a good five or six years now now again I know nothing about Belgian reserve football but what I can do though is pick out a stat pick out a trend and identify teams that are good for goals Mm -hmm. and this is no different absolutely no different at all and I think we spoke about pre-podcast about who really knows about who plays for Torino versus Genoa yeah somebody betting in the UK on on the Italian league do they really know that league probably not no and you know it's a it's a decent comparison on Belarus, although I think you've become a bit of an expert. And uh, I think you'll be heading down to Thomas Cook when this is all over and catch the first flight <laughs> to Belarus from all the stuff you've been telling me about the, to the, the country. Capital is much, what's the capital, sorry? Yeah, so I know that. That's mince. <laughs> Good kids. Thank More you. questions to come. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so just a, just a bit of background about Belarus itself then. So we like to keep the podcast educational. And I'll appreciate yes. not everyone will know much about Belarus. I know a little bit. I wouldn't say I knew a lot. So I've pulled together some um, wiki stats and wiki facts on Belarus. Sorry, the the Republic of Belarus is its full known name. It's a landlocked Eastern European country. I think most of us would know that, apart from those that didn't do geography at school. The population surprised me, actually. Any guesses for population? Five, six million? 
Same as Nine point five. Oh, right, okay. So not far of double the population of Scotland. So quite decent population there. As you said, the capital is Minsk, and that's got a population of one point nine million. A really interesting fact is forty percent of the country is covered in forest. That was one of the key ones. Um, a few more I've got here in terms of it's been controlled by three different states and the Principality of Poland, the Grand Duchy of Lithuania, and most recently was the Russian Empire. And Belarus declared independence on the 25th of August 1991. Um, I think we've got two more to go. Um, in terms of <laughs> languages, Russian is the mostly spoken language, followed yeah. by Belarusian. Okay. So those two languages kind of cover what 0.95% of the languages in Belarus. And any guesses on what the second national sport is behind football in Belarus? Bear hunting? That was third. <laughs> no, <laughs> ice hockey. Ice right. hockey is our second main sport and they're pretty decent at hockey as well. Are they better at hockey than they are at football? Cause they are, yes, they are hockey <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're ranked 87th in the world, sandwiched between Haiti and Zambia. And I think if there's any decent Belarusian players, who was the guy who played in the Premiership? It was decent. Was Alexander Kleb? That's Kleb, that's the one. So Arsenal. I don't Arsenal. anyone of any quality in Belarusian football will not be playing their football in Belarus. Yeah, I've got a quiz question at the end of this podcast, and you'll be relieved to know it's not to name two Belarusian footballers. <laughs> oh, God. Although I think, did he not have a brother, maybe? Let's just say two, he had two brothers, possibly. Right. Uh, anyway, that, that's a different question I've got lined up so we can relax <laughs> on that front. But um, yeah, so obviously a very educational podcast as ever. Um, but I suppose the question that everybody's asking is why Belarus are still playing football when the rest of the world has effectively shut down Indeed. at the moment. And it all seems to revolve around their president, who goes by the name of Alexander Lukashenko. And he's pretty much pretending nothing's happening. He sounds like a guy that likes lots of vodka. Well, apparently he doesn't drink. <laughs> you know? No, but he has told the population that um, they can treat coronavirus with vodka, um, either by washing their hands or by drinking it. It's quite incredible, isn't it? It's almost got that yeah. feel of North Korea to it. Yeah, and I mean, all, all, detached all joking, from the real world. All joking aside, it's, it's not a good situation for the people that are there. And I think that's been reflected in the football matches I think, well, I was reading that fans are now starting to starting to stop going to the games um, and hashtags like uh, hashtag watch Dynamo at home are now trending, you know, as fans are kind of taking matters into their own hands and the attendances are dwindling. So although the leagues have managed four games so far, it's not really guaranteed that it's going to continue um, as the virus maybe takes hold in the country and obviously we hope that it doesn't. Um, you know, I think fans are, are starting to, to stay at home and unfortunately the instances of the virus are, are on the increase. Yeah, so we, in, in a way it's kind of it's kind of sad, and all those things very contradictory, but it's, it's kind of sad in a way that it's, it's the only league still remaining and that yeah. they're being told by the president just to carry on as if nothing's happening. Yeah. In terms of, I think, the crowds in Belarus, we're not talking packed out stadiums of 30 or 40,000. Oh, their average um, average is about two and a half thousand apparently. Not, not even that. I think some of the yeah. claims are a couple of hundred. But, but that said, though, they're still in the main stand. They're still sitting in close proximity to each other. Yeah. yeah. So it's fifty thousand or two hundred. It's still in close proximity to each other, which which isn't, isn't good. And when we spoke earlier, I was, was saying to you that I was surprised, given that it was only league 
only league playing at the moment in Europe that none of the, the TV channels had picked up uh, some of their live games just for the, the sake of actually having something, some live sport. But apparently they've sold uh, their live rights to 10 or 11 networks across <laughs> Europe. Absolutely loaded. <laughs> Russia, Israel and India. So somebody exactly. somewhere is bringing in um, some money on the basis that it's the only show in town. I think you can also watch the games live on Bit365 and Skybet. Yeah. I know yeah. you can with yeah. Bit365 anyway. Yeah. Um, and I've watched a, a couple of games, not for long times, periods of time. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're kind of played on AstroTurf pitches or with stadiums that have one main stand and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Very reminiscent of maybe Division 2 in Scotland, if that's been unfair to the Scottish Division 2 clubs. <laughs> and I think they've got one main team. So obviously, for a bit of brief history on Belarusian football, uh, Bat Borisov are the dominant force in Belarus. Yeah, most, people, been so... most people would be familiar with, with Bat from. Champions League appearances. Yes, and it's incredible uh, to think they've been playing in the Champions League quite regularly. Yeah. So they qualify for Europe every year. They've obviously played in the Champions League. Um, I think their capacity, their stadium is like 13,000, which is way more than anyone else. But they, they'd they won the Belarusian Premier League 13 years in a row right. until last season. Um, Dynamo Brest um, won the league last season. But I think Borisov have finished at least first or second in all but two of the last what, 23 or 24 years. So they pretty much run in real um, mm-hmm. Belarusian football. Well, that said, they've not had a great start to the season so far. No, so I was just going to ask if you can tell us a wee bit about the start to the season so far. There's been, has all teams played four games, has it? Yeah, they've all played four games, but before I got into that, I just want to have a quick gripe about my only experience with Belarusian football. <laughs> and we, we cast our eyes back to the summer of 2013, St Johnston played FC Minsk in the third round of the Europa League. Now yeah, we'd gone this is a to that's a sore one. That's <laughs> a really sore one. We had gone to Rosenberg and beat Rosenberg in Tron time one 0 mm-hmm. and we then defeated um, Rosenberg. I think it was one all at home, so we beat them on um, in total goals two one overall. So great result for St Johnston. Great result for Scottish football. We draw FC Minsk. Knew nothing about them. Nobody could get to the game due to visa issues and all that sort of stuff so we went to Minsk in the first leg Stephen McLean scored to give us a 1-0 lead now I missed the home game because I was on holiday at the time and we ended up getting beat 1-0 but from all accounts from what I've heard read and watched they were the worst team we've ever played (laughs) to ever beat us they ruined our 42 year unbeaten home record in Europe and bearing in mind we played teams like Monaco Hamburg and Rosenberg at home, so they, they beat us in penalties, and it's probably one of the biggest disappointments. Um, definitely following us at Johnston in Europe anyway, was getting beat by them in Europe. So hopefully they get relegated this season. That's all. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Your uh, forty-two year unbeaten home record in Europe sounds absolutely magnificent. It does, doesn't it? How many we games is eight that? Games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be fair, we played quite, played quite a few games after that, but yeah, it was eight games up until 2013. <laughs> so they are definitely off the Christmas card list. They are, they are indeed. <laughs> All right. So, in terms of the games that are coming up, uh, there's what two games on Thursday, two on Friday, is it, and then four on Saturday? Yeah, two games tomorrow, two games on Friday, and four games on Saturday. Now, they mix it up a little bit. It's usually a couple of games Friday, a couple of games Saturday, a couple of games Sunday, and often a game on the Monday. Yeah, I wonder, uh, but, do you think they've got wise to the fact that they're now on these networks? Because I noticed that the times of games, there's no two games played at the same time by the looks of it. No, that's always been the case, though. Has it? 
and you know what? It's quite good actually because it, it kind of pans out over the course of the day. Yeah. So if you've got a bet on the match, you can obviously just watch that match and not have to worry about yeah, any other matches at the same time. Yeah. But in terms of the start to the season so far, so I've probably, like most people, never had a bet on Belarusian football until probably four weeks ago. Mm. Uh, but if you look at the league at the moment, very, very tight. There's not much between the, t- between the sides. There's only three points separating the top ten. So it's a 16-team league um, and three points are separating the top ten. And I think 80% of the sides in the league have already got four points. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody detached at the bottom. I think there's one team at the bottom with one point and that's it. No one's got four points. There's two teams in nine points and there's lots of teams in seven and six. So it's very, very tight. Now, I my main issue and main focus, obviously, in betting is goals. Yeah. Do not go to Belarus for goals. No. That's, that's my first point. So it's, been th- <laughs> it's terrible. Really, really bad. There's been 32 matches so far this season. There's been three nil nils, twelve one nils, and eight games with two goals. So you're talking just under half of the games have seen less than two goals. Mm. We'd look at overall, twenty three of the thirty two games have gone under two point five goals. So seventy two percent of the games under two point five goals, which if you compare that to most leagues, is significantly higher than than the average. Yeah, it's early days. I mean. A few large results could probably skew skew those quite significantly, but it takes us back to the point of being able to just assess some of the stats and make a call on it. Yeah, so I think any true stats out there will be having kittens listening to me talking about four weeks worth of data. Yeah, and probably rightly so. It's not it's not a long time, but what it does do it gives you an idea, and that's all this is really is to give you an idea and gauge at the moment where teams are are doing how they're doing, especially for corners and bookings. I think, and that's really what we're looking to focus on here. Yeah, and I think most punters, maybe subconsciously, realise that certain leagues have got certain shapes to them. You know, and this looks like a league where there just isn't really many goals. Yeah, definitely. There's lots and lots of leagues like that. I think you could mm-hmm. probably put Portugal into that group. Um, Serie B doesn't get many goals. Obviously, French League 2 doesn't get many goals. Some it's of your South American league. leagues as well. Yeah, some some of the Brazilian Serie A leagues um, yeah. games are like one nils and nil nils as well. So yeah. it's definitely not a league you'd associate with goals. But what you would associate with though is brutal thuggery. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of animals in terms of the card count and the crime count. If you want to use old terminology, um, looking through the leagues at the moment, I think fifth, fourteen of the sixteen clubs are averaging two point five cards per game. Now I was I was really amazed when. Skybet started offering these games because they were offering full markets and when I say full markets they're offering first booking first player to be booked so obviously you don't know who the players are so you no, don't know can, what you're betting on but I can see from soccer way that D Chalilov Chalilov looks like a dirty bastard three bookings in a red is it or something and like two that two bookings in a red so <laughs> four games his, his card is marked and you're obviously getting really low prices you're getting like six to four and 74 for players to be booked. Now, looking at the games themselves, Skybet are only offering one to two for five plus cards in these games. So to try and find value, yeah. you're really needing to get six cards. And for us, as betters in the UK and maybe Europe, six cards in a match is usually a, is a, is a fair target to hit. Uh, it feels like a lot, doesn't it? It does feel like a lot, but I think at the moment, I think about 85% of the games here have all seen at least five cards five cards per game 
and there's obviously some games seeing six, seven, and eight cards per game. Yeah, so I'm just so, tallying up. There's been nine red cards in the first four weeks of fixtures. Yeah, I think we're averaging just under six cards per game out of the 16 teams, mm-hmm. which is massive. Yeah. Really, really high. When you compare that to the UK and maybe the Scottish leagues and the English leagues, you're probably only getting 3.5, maybe maybe not even that. Mm-hmm. So you're talking double the, um, the the card range here. Yeah, and it, now's probably a good time to mention the fact that you've pulled all this data together in a spreadsheet that we're going to share with people. Yeah, so I thought I'd um, make best use of time in the current climate so I thought it'd be a good time after four weeks it's a decent enough sample and that's all that's really what it is is to look at each team and work out probably a number of key things so what I did today was I've taken the card count and the corner count for each team over the last four games the first four games of the season and I've looked at essentially kind of six key key areas so looking at total cards per team yellows and reds I've also yep. included as well how many players have been booted from each team as well. Yeah, because that's sometimes that's, a stat that gets overlooked. It does, doesn't it? And I think at the moment, some of the clubs have maybe, say, seven bookings, mm-hmm. but they've only had three players booked. Mm-hmm. In that type, three, three, three different players booked. Um, we look at some of the stats, some clubs have had 16 bookings and they've had 10 players booked. So you've obviously got a number of repeat offenders in there. Mm-hmm. I think at the moment, there's not enough game has been played we've got suspenses kicking in yeah. unless I've had a red we've probably got about I reckon 20 or 30 players in the league that are already on yeah they're on two bookings already yeah so there's total cards yellow and reds average cards per game uh, per match average team cards and I think that's quite important as well what I would say is all relevant to who they're playing so obviously these can be skewed so I think it's really important as well use the data but also do your own research as well mm-hmm. the data is there to give you a guide as to who the main players are in terms of team bookings team cards and team corners so that kind of covers the card element of it and the second part of the data is looking at team corners and total match corners and I've also thrown into that as well total corners conceded and I guess what that drives is there's probably three main markets now that I've been betting on so far in the Belarusian Premier League, and that is team corners, match corner bet, which is obviously who'll get the most corners in the game, and team cards. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the three areas on which I'll be focusing on in, in the coming weeks. Yeah, so we've got all that data on a spreadsheet, and you're going to maintain the spreadsheet as we go? Yeah, I'll maintain it every week, and that will feed my selections probably and thoughts for, for the following week. And as each week passes, obviously, um, we're going to have a better idea of yeah. potential bookings and corners where they'll be. And I must say, as a stunning spreadsheet, I can see what you spend most of your time at work doing. Oh, I love a spreadsheet. And, be and this one laughing, spreadsheet. It's, it's very basic. It's, it's got a, some covers in it. It's, it's a piece of art. That's what it is. <laughs> um, so anyway, we've managed to get it uploaded on the Mr Fixit site, so you can access it at mrfixitstips.co.uk slash Belarus data and it's a Google spreadsheet so anyone's able to access it you're not going to be able to edit it only Greg will be able to edit it but all the data is there and as Greg says just kind of make use of the data as you can um, and he'll just keep it up to date as as the weeks go by. So that takes us on to this weekend and you've got a few bets lined up um, starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. Well sorry Thursday. 
Thursday, yes. So I guess first of all, I'm probably expecting a call from the Belarusian embassy on my <laughs> pronunciation of some of these teams. It's Listen, been a real you, struggle. You're bad enough pronouncing some of the teams, <laughs> the, the English. Exactly. That's my, 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 that's my main worry. So we'll see how I can spurt my, my way through this. Um, hopefully, though, as the weeks pass on, I'll become a bit more fluent in the old Russian, old Russian language. <laughs> so first of all, first game tomorrow at 3.30 is between Energetic, BGU and Gorodia. Thank you. That's that, yeah, yeah. First, first pass. So again, so in terms of Energetic, Energetic got promoted last season and for those that are betting on the league will know that they're for a pretty good start. They are joint top with Torpedo. Now Torpedo's a great name for a club and that should be the sort of names you should be looking for <laughs> of all clubs in Belarus. So they're joint top with nine points and I think they've got a pretty young team. But when you look though at their crime count, it's, it's horrendous. They've played four matches and they've had 14 yellow cards and a red. So they're averaging, what, four cards a game. Um, if you include obviously the red, the red card as well. Yep. And the, t- the total card count. So in terms of bookings, lots of bookings in their games. Corners also though. And obviously this data is taken from the stats that I did today. Yeah. Uh, in terms of their four games so far, they're averaging just over 11 corners per game. Just on the, the sorry, Greg. Just on the data, um, I was going to ask about where you accumulated the data from. Yeah, so I think we spoke about this pre-podcast, and I'm always a bit dubious about getting these stats from such lower leagues in terms of the accuracy of them. So I validated it across a number of different platforms. So one, I've looked at WhoScored.com. Yeah. I've also used Soccerway. Now Soccerway, I really like, but I'm a bit suspect sometimes around the lower leagues, around corners and bookings being missed. But I validated them also with LiveScores.com as well. And yeah. they all match up, which is really surprising. I was expecting to see quite a lot of variance between them. Mm-hmm. I just wonder. There's been none at all, really. But like I you just, say, they might be using the same site. <laughs> yeah, they might all be using the same data source. So essentially, that's all we've got to go on. And we're just yeah, I think the data is as accurate as it can be. Yeah. Um, another claim it's 100%, but I've not seen any, any variances anyway between what's been published. So we'll just need to go with that. Indeed. So they're playing Gorodia at the ninth. Again, there's, there's not much between the sides in the league at the moment. It's still very early in. But in terms of a bet builder, Energetic are at home. They've won three of their first four games. They're at home. A really good bet builder that I like is Energetic to score, Energetic four or more corners, and 40 plus bookings. Now, as I said before, most Sorry, of these that, games. Is that 40 plus booking points in the match or just yes, Energetic? In the, in the match, yeah. So that bet builder pays 10 to 11 with Skybet. Okay. Now, Skybet are the only ones at the moment that are delivering um, card markets. But I think, I think Betway as well, potentially, are offering card markets as well. Bet365 aren't. They're only offering corners and goals. They're offering bet builders, but mm-hmm. not bet builders with, goal, with, card, with card, sorry. Yeah, that's quite common for Bet365. I wish they'd get their finger out and get it sorted. Yeah, you've got kind of hats off to Skybet. I kind of criticise Skybet quite a lot. But I think um, Betfair, Betway and Skybet are offering card markets. There might be a few others, so if anyone knows of any other bookies that are doing card markets mm-hmm. in the Belarusian Premier League, please let us know. Okay, cool. So I think that, that's got a, f- a fair shout, especially with Energetic being at home. They're delivering lots of corners and obviously absolute animals when it comes to, to, <laughs> to the card count. And Garodia won't be shy of a, co- a card either. Okay. So I think 10-11 to 11 on that bet 
Burrow looks pretty good. Yep. And I'm also going to take Energetic to get three or more cards. That's something that's landed in all four games so far this season. Okay. Uh, well, they may be at home, and there's not much between them and Garodia, so I'm going to take them to continue their, um, what's the word, enthusiastic start to the season on the pitch yeah, with another three cards. Let's call it enthusiasm. <laughs> so that, that game starts Thursday at 3.30 UK time? Yeah, 3.30 UK time. Okay, uh, so there's another game tomorrow, and that's Dynamo Minsk against Grodno. Grodno, that's the one, you're almost in fluent there. Yeah, plenty of practice. So it's another game between two sides, again, not much between it, it's 13th versus 11th. Uh, Dynamo Minsk are at home, now again, going by the data, Dynamo Minsk have seen three of their four games, they've delivered six or more corners, so they've hit six, four, 11 and six and they're averaging 6.8 corners per game. Now, you could say that that total corner count per game average is skewed by the fact they got 11, but they did get that 11 against Torpedo, mm-hmm. and Torpedo are top of the league. So it's not it's not a bad shout. And again, it's probably worthwhile always checking that just to make sure there's nothing skewing the data in the first place, yeah. Yeah. based on the fact that it's only four um, weeks' worth of data. But they beat them two weeks ago, 2-0, uh, Torpedo, which is a really good result, and they're pretty decent at home. Uh, Grodno haven't really played anyone yet at the kind of higher end of the league. None of the early pace setters. Uh, it's probably going to be a close game, but I really do like the look of Minsk at home and the fact that they have been delivering corners in all of their games so far. They look another good shout to take home advantage and get another six corners at home. And again, that pays 10 to 11 with Skybet. Okay, so that's what, six plus, six or more six corners? Plus, yeah, six or more corners, 10 to 11. Skybet, and that's the 5.30 kickoff on Thursday? Yep. Okay, and then you've got another couple for us at the weekend. Yeah, sadly, Skybet haven't placed these up yet because they're on Saturday. So another couple of card and corner bookings. So for Saturday, we've got... Now, we had a lot of debate about how to pronounce this team's name. <laughs> and to our, our amazement, it's actually pronounced Batask. Nothing like what we thought it would be. So, Nor what uh, it looks like. <laughs> no, not at all. So fifth place, Batask played Dynamo Brest. So this is a really interesting match, this. Um, the task are probably the hearts of Belarusian football. They are the real animals of oh. the Belarusian league in terms of card count. So we th- we thought um, the side at the beginning of this were bad in terms of energetic. The task have had four yellow, fourteen yellow cards and two red cards in four games, which is incredible. <laughs> They're averaging four point five team cards per game in each of their first four games, which it's not sort of stats you really see anywhere else, is it, to have so many cards in such a short space of time. Now, in the UK, I think in the Scottish League, you'd probably have to play about 10 or 12 games to get to that sort of level of stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not after four. So it's 56. Again, not much between the sides, but saying that, Dynamo Brest are the current Belarusian champions, mm-hmm. and they must be pretty proud given the fact that they ended 13 years of pain given the fact that um, Bat Borisov had won the last 13 championships so they've actually had a really good start to the season Dynamo Brest they've only lost one game so far they've won three of their, four game, their, their last four games and they've only lost one of their last eight given the fact they've played quite a lot of cup games no. so fitness wise as well they're now what eight games into their season mm-hmm. um, looking at the card count the task of a 10 players booked so there's, there's no shortage of players being booked in that side. Um, I think eight of them have started most weeks and a couple of subs as well. So I think for me here, really keen to look at the tasks, 
booking card total. Not out yet. It'll probably be out. I direct probably tomorrow night or Friday. We'll get markets on Vitesk um, team cards, and I'm probably going to be looking at four plus cards for them. It's quite high, but they are playing Dynamo Brest, who were last season's champions, and the four to six to win the match, Dynamo Brest. So I think the bookies are also expecting best to go there and get the job done. And if that's the case, then we can probably see a lot of tackles coming in from the from the Tesk boys. From the nutcases. <laughs> um, so that's one of those ones where it's not priced up yet, so people can just keep a check on your Twitter feed, which is at Browning84 Greg. And you'll just let people know once that bet has come up and if it still kind of fits with what you want to um, what we've been discussing yeah definitely yeah okay and the last one is oh, Dynamo Minsk v Ruck Brest is that right Done. that's the one I think I'm sure the Belarusian um, <laughs> people will tell us Belarusian listeners will keep us right <laughs> so in terms of this Matt this is purely a stats based selection uh, more so than the other three um, looking at the corner count for each side uh, Dynamo Minsk are the leaders in terms of team corners. They've racked up 7.3 corners per game now in their first four games. Nothing in the excuse that most of their games are delivering six and seven corners per game. And I think there's a couple of them um, have delivered eight or nine. And they're playing Rick Brest, who have delivered just over 5.3 corners per game. So pretty healthy team, car, team corner counts here, actually. Not saying it's as simple as adding 5.3 and 7.3 together. I'm not going to get 12.6 uh, corners. That's not how it works. But it's promising data to go on at early doors. And also be keen to see what the markets are set for uh, Dynamo Minsk total corners as well. That's probably going to be set at six. And I think given the fact that it's landed now in all four games so far, they're at home. Taking them to get six corners could be a good shout as well. And that'll probably be around 10 to 11 mark, even money mark. Okay, so another one that you'll put up on, on your Twitter feed once you get uh, more details about what the bet's available. Yes. Okay, so that's a couple of thoughts uh, for Thursday and for Saturday in New York. I just want to touch on, okay, I believe I'm about to say this, the Belarusian <laughs> Reserve League. <laughs> so I've not had enough time to have a really good look at this league. I would like to have looked at it in more detail for this podcast tonight. But what I can say, and I think those will back me up who've been watching the league closely, it's a goal haven. It's nothing like the, the actual league, the Premier League itself. Lots and lots of goals, um, lots of high-scoring matches. And I think I've had a fair amount of success on the total goals market in the Reserve League. So usually they'll have three or four games playing on a Saturday and a few games playing on this Friday also. So yeah. it's definitely worth keeping an eye out for. And just having a look to see what sides are playing. I'm not going to sit on land every week, but it's definitely worth having a look to understand are the better clubs playing the teams at the bottom of the league? And mm-hmm. do we have a good chance of seeing at least four or five goals per game? There's a couple of games on Thursday I see that are priced up at bet 365. Um, but I guess the other games will maybe be priced up nearer the weekend. Yeah, they'll be priced up probably tomorrow night or Friday morning okay. for, the, for, the week, for the weekend's games. And last but not least, the Nicaraguan League is another one that's still is. surviving um, the current pandemic. Sadly, I think it's coming to the end of the season, unfortunately. Now, I say unfortunately because I was looking at the total goals market tonight. So I think tonight is the main night in Nicaragua. There's, what, five games in the Premier League. And I think there was five reserve games as well, under 20 games. So I think Skybet had placed up uh, a goal special 
of all five reserve games and the early or one of the evening Premier League kickoffs for total goals. Now, with six games, you're probably expecting total goals to be set, maybe 19, 20 max, mm. even given the fact that it's reserve football and they'll pump it up a little bit. But we set at 23 um, up for the six games, and I thought, it's, it's a bit early, much. Early four, well, four a game. Yeah, four a game, it's a bit much. Five above three goals per game. I kind of forgot about it. Then I checked the scores earlier on. It finished 10-2 <laughs> in the opening match. And I think the second game was 2-0 at half-time. So I don't know what the other scores are, but I think 23-plus goals looks like it's going to land. I think there's a couple of weeks left in this league. So again, it's definitely worth looking out for um, in terms of total goals. And there's plenty of guys on the Mr Fixit site as well who, who look at this league and give you some insight too. Yeah, been talking about it. Yeah, it's been a real test of people's... Um, I suppose, desire to, to find a bet when there's, yeah. when there's not much on at all. And what I would say is it's, it's not betting for the sake of betting. I think what what this has allowed people to do, normally on a, on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night, you're, you're you're in front of, what, 50, 60, 70 games from around the world? Yeah. What least. this allows you to do is it allows you to really get into a league and understand and look at the data mm-hmm. and try and become as much of an expert as you can be using the data that you've got and the, the insight that you've got. So I, I, would, I wouldn't knock anyone betting on the Nicaraguan League or the Belarusian League, um, providing you're doing your research. Yeah, and I mean, it's advice that you often read is to find a niche, you know, and sometimes you might get an edge on the bookies. Now, it's not to say the bookies won't be all over these leagues either, but as you say, most most punters will bet blind on a lot of leagues um, or a lot of matches thinking they know something, whereas if you actually get into the detail and into, you know, the nuts and bolts of a league then you can actually give yourself a wee bit of an edge. Yeah, totally. What, what I would say is Skybet are giving away nothing. <laughs> they no, really I'm aren't. Yeah. Certainly on the, on the card markets, any, but I still think if you do your homework, especially on things like corners and cards, there's, there's still a good chance there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's not much more in terms of football that we can look at. There's nothing much going on. Um, and we're kind of obviously all hoping that um, the whole pandemic kind of comes to a swift resolution um, and some of the football leagues across Europe are kind of starting to already think about dates that they can maybe come back and I suppose Germany's kind of headlining things at the moment. They are, some of their teams are back training um, and they are looking at, uh, they're looking at being the first team, uh, sorry, the first league to come back, although it's highly likely that the games will be behind closed doors for, for quite a period of time. Yeah, I don't think, this is only my own personal opinion, but I don't think there'll be any football being played in front of any fans in any league in Europe until at least August. I just, yeah. I just can't see it. Well, I see there's a, there's a meeting with the EPL uh, clubs on Friday, so we should get a wee bit of an update from there, although I think it's probably still too early to be starting to put dates in the diary for any kind of return. Um La Liga, I see, are planning a resumption of play on the 28th of May as their best-case scenario, but again, that looks pretty ambitious. Um, French football authorities are considering restarting on the 3rd or the 17th of June, um, with a latter date, the more likely, but even then, I think that's still quite ambitious. And Italy, what are they saying about Italy? They hope to begin testing players um, in the start of May. So, yeah, some a lot of... A lot of optimism out there in terms of, of when football <laughs> came back. Yeah, and I think people obviously need hope at this particular yeah. time. But I think 
they need to be realistic about things as well and we'll just take things as they come I guess um, and, and in terms of hope I think clubs like Carps and Partick Thistle they'll have a lot of hope in players <laughs> yeah it's obviously, obviously been a significant day in Scottish football in terms of the, the vote that's been decided upon but that feels like it's still got a long way to go as to whether and how the whole season's going to be resolved particularly in the, the Premiership yeah, I think the vote itself is just the beginning, isn't it? It's not the end result, it's just the beginning of what's going to shape over the next couple of months anyway. Yeah, so that kind of covers covers us in terms of tips at the moment. Now, you and I have discussed the potential of having a quiz-based gambler podcast, so I'm going to throw it out there, and if anyone thinks they'd be remotely interested in listening to some kind of broadcastable quiz where either you or me or we invite other people on board to come and have a go and we'll put a quiz together. Quizzes seem all the rage um, and I know that your knowledge is second to none. Craig, you putting yourself out there? Oh, I will, yes, but we'll need to see what happens in the day. <laughs> right, I'm going to get you started with a quiz oh, question. That's a, which, a bad one, isn't it? Which you might need to come back to me on the next podcast. <laughs> and that is to name six Scottish players, the only six Scottish players, to have scored a hat-trick in the English Premier League. Duncan Ferguson. Yes. Um, oh, God. Kevin Gallagher. Yes, he scored two. Well done. Um, uh, struggling now. This is, this is great. Oh, Radio Jordan Rhodes. No, that was a good shout. He was championship, didn't he? He never yeah. made it to the Premiership. I actually don't think he's ever scored a goal in the Premier League. Has he not? I don't think so. Um, Scottish Premiership player. Is this from the beginning of the conception of the Premier League in '92? '92 onwards, yeah. Um, Gordon Strachan. Well done. Yes. I'm struggling now, though. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, struggling now. Right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave that with you. i leave that with me, and I'll find you in five to... minutes and tell you the other three. <laughs> <laughs> once, you've, once you've Googled it, uh, I'm going to throw it open to <laughs> people that are listening. If they can tell us who the other three are, just let us know on the Gambler Twitter feed, at Gambler Tips, and get involved. So... That's us for this edition of the podcast. Um, a football Kenny Miller? No. no. If football <laughs> continues in Belarus, then chances are we will be back next week with another podcast and a briefer look at Belarusian football. Um, as I said, have a look at the Greg's spreadsheet, which is at mrfixestips.co.uk slash Belarus data. I'll post the link on the, the Gambler uh, Twitter feed for that as well. Um and yeah good luck if you're having a bet in Belarus this weekend and I think the most important thing that we can really leave with just now is just to remind everybody to stay safe and just follow the advice that's been given to wash your hands avoid touching your face if you can Um, stay at home if possible stay at home of course and keep any trips to absolute essential trips and if you you do have to go just make sure you keep a safe distance from everyone else and I think I think we're getting to a stage where people are maybe getting a wee bit fed up and a wee bit blasé about some of the advice, but this is or is now reaching a really crucial stage of managing the whole um, crisis, I suppose. So please just kind of try and stick to these. I know it's really hard. It's hard for everybody. Um, just try and stick to the advice as best you can um, to keep everybody safe. So with that in mind, um, have a good weekend and hopefully we'll be back next week um, if Belarus is, is still in action yeah good stuff guys take care